I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Good afternoon, Anwar. Good afternoon, Farrah. And good afternoon, everyone else. This is a very special episode because we're taping together, so there's a lot of eye contact, and I'm loving it, but it's yes. like, it's a lot, and it's yeah. amazing. Um, well, I we have a lot to talk about today. We have Return to Neverland, or Peter Pan 2, Return to Neverland, um, and we have some Disney news, and we're, we're talking about Black Widow. We're going to talk about Black Widow as well, mm-hmm. because we both watched it, and I liked it. That was all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's our review. Now Disney News. No. Well, well, that seems to be like the general consensus of that film. But yeah. I mean, it's 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 not bad. We'll get into it. But yeah. Well, does, uh, what do you think? Disney News first. Black Widow first. Let's do Disney News first. Disney News first. Yeah. All right. Um, what would you like to start with? Um, what have we got that's major going on right now with Disney? Uh, well, we just had the new series uh, announced for Disney Plus. It starts, oh my gosh, well, by the time you hear this, it'll already be out. It's a weekly series about Disney attractions. It's a docuseries. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, and I mean, it's meant to promote Jungle Cruise. Oh, it's hardcore meant to promote Jungle Cruise. (laughs) Just like the Art of Imagineering was meant to promote Galaxy's Edge, but I don't care. I still get my own way, so whatever. Um, yeah, either way, you still get some really awesome like background and insight into the creation of some of the best rides in, in the parks. Exactly. Which, you know what, if, if, if I have to have Dwayne Johnson tell me to go see his movie, which I'm going to do anyway... Then okay, sure. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, really exciting thing from the trailer. Spoiler for the movie, but it's just one gag. Mm. Uh, is Dwayne Johnson saying the backside of water, well, which I'm so happy about. Which is great. Well, because like he, again, all of this is in the trailer. None of this is spoiler. But like the yeah. premise of the film is basically he's like a skipper in like the Amazon or something, and he fabricates a whole experience for his. Uh, guests, guests, his writers, I guess. Yeah, his his writers. Uh, that's a different film. Yeah. Um, uh, and basically, <laughs> like all the gags that you see, it, you see a lot more of them in the in, in the first trailer. Yeah. Uh, lately, a lot of the trailers have been going have been featuring him and Emily Blunt on their adventure and mm-hmm. everything. But in like the initial trailer, it, he basically just goes through the ride for you. Yeah. And which which <laughs> is all I want. Yes, and like everybody. the old ride, like because you still yeah. you, there's still a lot of like the Marauders jokes and. Uh, they'll probably he'll probably mention uh, Trader Sam at some point I'm sure he'll mention him but also like who knows what changes have been happening behind the scenes to try yeah. and update the movie as well to match because I'm sure the screenplay was has been developed over the last like six years or something that yeah yeah um, and so I mean like, well and I'm 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 for it because I mean like for so long we've known the Disney park or not the Disney parks but like we've known the Jungle Cruise ride to be a specific way and having it changed and updated while is great for the majority of us fans. And it's, I mean, I, again, I'm super excited to see what it's going to look like and I'm super excited for all of that. Um, but I, I know that some people were still kind of like, you know, you have the people who are like, Oh no, you shouldn't change it and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. you know, but it's like, well, yeah, but the ride has also not been changed since the day it opened. Yeah. um, (laughs) It's literally a 65 year old. Yeah. It's an opening day attraction. Uh, Disney fans get really, um, persnickety. Is that a word we, sure. Let's, Let's go with that. About any change whatsoever. 
ever, even if it's a positive change, to be fair, sometimes Disney parks institute changes that are so bad that they later take them out. Um, That's actually very true. Yeah. Uh, 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 Freaking cough, cough. Jones's uh, face. Enchanted Tiki Room under oh, new yeah. management. Oh, yeah, under new management. That's over. When Zazu <laughs> and Iago were hosts yeah. of the damn attraction, which I, did not go well. No, no. We don't... It's it's it When it seems very cynically corporate to make changes, um, they tend not to work very well. Yeah. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean had some changes like that with um, projections of Davy Jones's face in mist. His waterfall is still there. His face is gone. Um, yeah. And I think that just kind of really goes to show that, like, a lot of that, like, corporate overheadedness does not Mm -hmm. work in Disney because so much of what the the, the park specifically, because so much of what the park makes the park so fun is the fact that, yeah, like, they're corporate because, you know, you're It just is. It just is as a thing. Mm -hmm. But it still very much has that air of like, yeah, this is corporate, but you know. It's art. It's Yeah, it's art. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, that was the thing with, um, you know, whatever your opinion is of Walt Disney, and he was a capitalist, but. Uh, you're not going to hear me complain about that. He yeah, was. Just he bottom was. line, this, he was. That's, that's America. Um, he His whole thing was being creative. And the yeah. parks were the place where he would play. And like, yeah. you know, I wish I had that kind of privilege. Yeah. Well, but I mean, um, Well, he, his whole, the reason he. Part of the reason he he started Disneyland in the first place, aside from just wanting to have a place to take his daughters, which I think is just adorable, so lovely. is the fact that like he was he felt that his time at the studio was over. He was like, you know what, I'm I'm done with making movies. Yeah. I'm glad with what I've done, but I can tell that my energy is being geared towards this. Yeah. And so he made the executive decision to step away from the animation and go into uh, the theme parks, yep. which, you know, and that was his passion, project. which was his passion and it showed. Yeah. Right. Because like, it wasn't that he was leaving art and entertainment altogether. He just happened to be channeling, channeling his passions into mm-hmm. another direction. And then he opened WED. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Which, which for those of you who don't know, stands for Walter Elias, Walter Disney. Elias Disney, but it was basically just his open sandbox. And he basically just hired a bunch of engineers who mm-hmm. he would later name him the Imagineers yes. to basically just be like, you know what, you guys? Just start building shit. Yeah. Like, let's just start making stuff. I want it to be magical. Go. Like, amazing. And now it's more of a, like, Bob Iger will be like, nothing except intellectual property can be put into the park. Stuff like that. And it's just not as creative. It's it's much more cynical. It's still magical because that is the the Disney mandate, it has to be magical, but it's magical with a little bit of edge of corporate cynicism. Yeah, because, like, well, even though we have, like, uh, the newest edition with uh, Avengers Campus, which is, you know just IP left, right, and center, you still see some of the originality and some of the mm-hmm. ingeniousness coming through yeah. with what the Imagineers are doing, right? Yeah, like, you can't stomp Imagineers down. No, I mean, like, prime example is the Spider-Man animatronic that swings up and does tricks in so midair. So cool. Like, But I mean, that's the so thing. Cool. Disney executives now are people who went to business school, not artists. And I mm-hmm. think that's the difference because, um, I mean, in my opinion, the American dream is a lie, but Walt Disney is an example of what the American dream was he started out as nothing very a paper boy yep Literally. um and became an animator and then he got everything from that but he was an artist first yeah and um so now it's like the people making the decisions for disney parks and disney films and all the rest of it are not artists first they are corporate businessmen executive types um directing artists and so it's it's still wonderful but it's different yeah yeah and i guess we're just kind of waiting for the day when somebody comes in and is like 
an artist and then I feel like I feel like it'll be a very very drastic change mm. like I feel like it'll just you, if we get you'll that, see right? the change yeah. It'd be nice if someone like Kim Irvine, who, um, if you don't, I forget her mom's name, but her mom is Madame Leota, and she's a Disney kid oh, who yeah. has gone up in the ranks. She's one of the head Imagineers now. Yeah. Um, more, not even, she's not even an engineer. She's just one of the head, like, let's tell a story and make something wonderful people. But I think probably eventually Josh DeMauro will take over all of everything. And he's sort of a mix of both, I guess. He's, I guess. I mean, like, he's he's got a hell of a creative brain on him. He has a really great creative right? brain. So that's nice. And it's nice that he's able to, like, take a lot of the IP and still be really super creative with a lot of exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, like, with the with the stuff that he's doing, in part with the stuff that he did with uh, Avengers Campus, but also the stuff that he's even still pushing for, uh, for Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the stuff that we're going to be seeing with the new uh, Star Wars-themed hotel. Yeah! Which is going to be... Galactic Star Cruiser. I can't wait. Like, I, I, well, I can't wait. Like, I can afford it, but hopefully one day I'll be able to. Yeah. Uh, uh, another big piece of news was it is the 66th anniversary of Disneyland. Yeah, they just had their birthday. Now, yesterday, I believe. Yesterday? Yeah, two days I, ago? A couple of days ago. Few did. On the 17th. So July 17th, 2021 was 66 days. Uh, or 66 days. 66 days old. Yep. Uh, 66 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disneyland is officially older than Walt was when he passed. And isn't that unfortunate? Like, I just, it is. I, it's too young to go. I see so many artists die young and like even just not a Disney related thing, but Anne Ranking died last year at 71. Why do so many artists die young? He, I'm sure he never would have stopped creating if well, he, he had didn't. lived. Like literally on his deathbed. He was describing what he saw Epcot become to mm-hmm. his brother. Yeah. Like, Roy went on record saying, yeah, like, the last thing he said to me was he was staring at the ceiling and he was describing what Epcot would look like to the finest detail. Mm-hmm. And so, like, literally, till the moment he died, he was still creating, mm-hmm. which is bonkers. Well, I mean, I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you know I read his um, last written words that were found on his desk? Did you no. know that? Do you know what they are? No. It's very mysterious and it's very, it's a big deal. The last, the last two words Walt Disney ever wrote on his desk Kurt Russell Kurt Russell but no one knows why that's so (laughs) random it's like Kurt Russell's little legacy is well didn't Kurt Russell wasn't Kurt Russell part of like a bunch of Disney movies yeah he was but we don't know why he wrote he was like a Disney kid Russell he was yeah he's a little cutie but what did Walt Disney have in mind for Kurt Russell we'll never know oh my god Ah, I can imagine Kurt's just like throughout the rest of his life. He's like, what did he like, want? What was I going to do? What was I going to do? <laughs> that's so funny. That's very funny. Um, it's not really new. It's Maybe it's news to you, but. I, I mean, that's news to me and that's pretty, fact. that's fascinating. That's yeah, a very right? fun little mystery. Yeah. yeah. Kurt Russell is so strangely appealing. What a yeah, guy. I know. Um, yeah, sorry. They, I've lost the plot a little bit. I have a lot of just things I'm interested in. We're just in announcing right news. Uh, yeah. So six, uh, 66th anniversary of Disneyland. They didn't really do anything in particularly special. I think they had like some special treats, uh, in the park. Like I think they had cupcakes and stuff like that. Yeah, but I, I mean, 66 years is kind of like, it's, it's not really a milestone year. It's not no, even it's not like five. when they did 60. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine? We're going to be alive for the hundredth anniversary of Disneyland. I mean, I think probably. No, the 50th anniversary of Disney World. No, the 100th anniversary of Disneyland. Oh, we will be alive. We'll oh. be alive. I mean, it, barring exceptional I, circumstances, <laughs> we could be dead, I guess. We could be I, dead any time. But like, hey, we could we could live for... Oh, I bet I'll live like that would at be, least 50 more years. That would be pretty great. I would I would. Do you want to go with me? I would 100%. Yeah. All right. And just go stumble around Disney's yeah. Disneyland's 100th anniversary. We'll ride Indiana Jones, but we'll ride everything else. 
Listen, if I if what what's that in forty four more years? Uh, forty four. Uh, yeah, forty four more years. So like, seventy five. So I'll be like seventy four, seventy five. You know what? Yeah. I that's doable. And yeah. you know what? If I'm on one of those rides and if I die on a Disney ride. I'll be happy. I'll yep. be happy with that. That's okay with me. <laughs> Just whipping around. Just like, like, I'd be so into it. I'd be no. so into dying on a Disney ride. I die on the Haunted Mansion ride. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> then you can haunt it. You're the 100th happy haunt. It will be me. Oh, you did it. Oh my God. Okay, so here's the new plan. We're going to go, when we're old, we're going to yeah. retire to Anaheim and we're going to ride the Haunted Mansion nonstop every day until, until one of us Until we dies. die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the plan. That is it. That's our plan now. Um... Mickey's Philhar Magic has a new scene. Woo! It has the Coco scene in it now. Yes, tell us. Which is adorable. So cute. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know if they completely redid the, the the thing or if they just added the scene. But yeah, it's basically like uh, the whole premise is uh, Mickey uses his hat to bring life to uh, a bunch of instruments to form an orchestra. Donald gets hold of the hat because he's Donald and then ends up going on a ridiculous musical journey, seeing a bunch of other characters. You see, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head... Uh, let's see, uh, I remember he sees Ariel at some point. That's kind of really the only mm-hmm. highlighted one I can think of at the moment. Uh, there's, uh, there is video of the new version. Yes. So I'll link that in the, in the show notes um, so that we can all take a look at it. I hope they redid the whole thing. I thought the animation's been looking a little dated in Philharmonic. Well, it's all, it's all CG now. Mm. And admittedly, it's all, it looks all really nice. Well, great, Donna. Yeah. I'm forward to And it. it works because when they go into the Coco sequence, it's all just in, like, Pixar animation, yes. right? And it all is very, very seamless. And uh, yeah, and so they basically just highlighted like Poco Loco and just have that and have every, all the characters okay. and they're all singing and dancing. And then, yeah, and then at the end of it, uh, Mickey gets a hold of everything and then solves yeah. the problem. And then Donald gets shot to the back of the theater. And then you look uh, and then you look up and there's an animatronic of Donald just with his butt sticking out of the wall. And it's oh hilarious. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. I've only ever just seen some footage of it on YouTube. Because it's very, it. very fun. That's cool. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, just Coco. I have not been able... Like, have you done the Coco challenge of not crying during it? Why would I do that? Uh, just to see if you can. I can't. I know I can't. I ugly Why cry would I every try? single time. Like, right <laughs> Why would after, I bother trying? I know. The sequence, like, right after the sequence in, um... Oh, the bad guy's house. What's his face? The bad guy's the house? The bad guy's house. Oh! At, right after right after they escape from, uh... Yeah, 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 yeah What's his yeah. name? Remember me, guy. I don't remember him. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh no. my god, I forget. Why Good. I forget his name? He's anyway, the yeah. final death. I know he's, who you're he's dead. About. Um, you know the villain. Right after that, till the end of the movie, just just crying down my face. Can't stop. It gets uglier and snottier until the credits, and then I breathe. It's real bad. Yeah, um, I, love I mean, it. not bad, but like it's a big cathartic <laughs> release. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a beautiful little segment. It's all cute and it's pretty and it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Biden has officially been, uh, or at least work has begun to add Joe Biden to the Hall of Presidents. Thank God, out in Disney World. Did I tell you that thing about the Trump president mm, about dummy? The, no. Oh gosh. Well, I this is this is speculation on the part of the fans, but I never took a close look at the Trump animatronic, and it really looks like they were planning on it being Hillary from the face shape. <laughs> And um, it's a, it looks like That's a very, very funny, very sarcastic looking animatronic. So I highly recommend searching on Google, like Hall of Presidents plus Trump plus face 
and just seeing this weird Hillary Clinton in Trump drag that they've got on there. And I, I mean, I'm sure. That's very funny. There aren't a lot of Republican Imagineers. I just, you don't, I don't go into so. the arts and want to be a Republican. So no. I'm sure no. I'm very <laughs> pleased with how uncanny that thing looks. <laughs> it's just full uncanny valley. Yeah. That's hilarious. But yeah, I'm glad uh, they're adding president biden now yes well i mean they kind of have to right? yeah kind of well, a, a i'm glad shit. they're getting a move on is what i yes. mean yeah. um what else i think that's it for kind of like the major highlights of disney news um well i have a little bit it's not really like i don't know if anyone listening is planning their disneyland trip no. but um disneyland is randomly changing the times they're releasing dining reservations because there's less available mm. so they're i guess they're just making it harder for no reason it seems like a ridiculous uh, yeah. thing to me usually dining reservations for disney parks are released at 3 a.m pacific time um now they're being released randomly so oh that's frustrating you hear it here from me i'm trying to make reservations for the blue bayou like 15 days from now and I'm not psyched about it. So I'll just stay up for 24 hours and keep refreshing, I guess. I don't know what else to do. That's um, so I've been checking the subreddit every day, but yeah, um, they're changing a lot of stuff. Uh, capacity in Disneyland is still reduced because of COVID-19. It won't be increased until probably September. Um, yeah. But by then it will be too late for me. Well, here's hoping you get it because yeah. I know how much getting into that restaurant means to you. It means so much to great. me. I Maybe I'll, I'll go up to them and I'll be like, listen, this is my deal. I very much, can you do anything for me? And I'll be dressed really nice and maybe they'll give me some Disney magic if I can't get my reservation, but I'm going to try so hard. Maybe. Um, there was one thing... But, oh, actually, yes. Okay, so uh, Disney World is doing some interesting things. Uh, oh, yeah. I have something to speak on about that, too. You first. Yeah. Uh, they've removed Magic Hour, kind of officially. Uh, they're changed. Yeah. Disney, Corporate. Disney World is doing a lot of, like, changes in terms of things like that. To make they, it they so there's are, less special things? Well, they're announcing that they're doing something. They're trying to, like, change things. And, they're, and I don't think it's that Magic Hour is officially going to be gone forever, or at least the concept of Magic Hour. Yeah. But as it stands right now, um, extra Magic Hour is not really a thing at Disney World, which I admit is annoying and frustrating. I mean, I guess it doesn't make sense to me that I think it's right, but I guess like hardly, like everybody's staying on property. Mm. So it's like at Disneyland, you get extra Magic Hour if you're staying on property, but like everybody's staying on property. In Disney World. But I think only select hotels would do it. Oh. I think well. that's how they did it. It's easy to do it in Disneyland yeah. because they only have the three hotels, mm -hmm. right? Whereas in Disney World, they have like 10. So I think only certain so ones. I know. So I think only certain hotels are running Just or the, were running extra magic. The bougie on. ones? I think it was, yeah. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Only some of them have the Skyliner, so, Yeah, you know. that's true. And uh, the monorail. It's very funny. I've, I hadn't ever looked into Disney World that much. I'm just researching it for fun. For the podcast, so I would be as informed as you. Mm -hmm. And, like, gosh, there's a lot of hotels, and they're all themed and immersive. I want to go there so bad. Yeah. Oh, but, it's, see, it just, the weather sounds so atrocious. <laughs> I feel like I will die if I go to somewhere that humid with that many alligators. Yeah. I'll get eaten by an alligator while sweating to death with a heat migraine. <laughs> knowing me. I mean, that's a hell of a way to go. That's true, but we've already made a pact that we're dying on the Haunted Mansion. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I cannot us. die any other way no. except for on the Haunted Mansion. Yep, we're retiring to the Haunted Mansion and just riding the doom buggies in a loop. That's how it's. That's how it'll yep. happen. You never have to get off. You can just ride in a loop. That'll be easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Okay, my other little update yes. was um, California is taking their parks division out and moving it to Florida, which I uh, I don't know all the details of it yet, but um, it has to do with labor laws and how much you have to pay people, which is less in Florida. Oh. I don't know. I mean, like, when you say the parks division, like, what exactly does that entail? Offices, development, that kind of stuff. Oh. I, like I said, I don't know all the details. I just saw the announcement on Reddit uh, this morning, and I haven't gone deep into the rabbit hole, but, like, very, very sus. And, like, I'm getting disappointed with how corporate and greedy and conniving the, the heads of Disney Parks are. Like, they just fired Joe Road. You know they fired him? They fired him. Who was Joe Road? The guy with the earrings. That doesn't specify anything. Oh, I thought you would know. Um, no. Joe Road is a, a legendary Imagineer. Uh, if you see uh, documentaries like The Art of Imagineering, if you look him up on YouTube anywhere, um, R-O-H-D-E, he has... Um, a, a stretched earlobe and he puts earrings from everywhere in the world he's gone and like oh, his ear cool. his earrings go down to his shoulder but his other ear is just regular ear he um is the one who developed uh the uh floating mountains and avatar world he reskinned uh tower of terror to be guardians of the galaxy oh, shit. um yeah he's a, he's an epic legendary imagineer and i don't have wi-fi here i'd look up some more examples but um yeah it, it, so they fired him. They they got rid of him. And it, it seems... I, I'm not sure. I can't remember. I'll have to double check if he announced a retirement. But uh, the speculation on the internet is that he was... If it was a re- retirement that is not really real, it was like mm. him beating him to the punch. It was a forced retirement. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. And that feels um, gross. Oh, yeah. He's also the Expedition Everest guy. And the, the whole thing was, like, he promised everyone at D23 that he was going to fix the Yeti animatronic. And I don't know if you know about Expedition Everest, but the Yeti animatronic has been clo- uh, dead for years. And they just put a uh, strobe on him. And so everyone calls him Disco Yeti because he's not really <laughs> moving anymore. They just put a strobe on him. And he promised that he would fix the Yeti. You can't easily fix it because to fix the animatronic in Expedition Everest, you actually have to take the side off the mountain. Um, which is silly as hell, but whatever. Um, so now it's just going to be Disco Yeti forever, I guess. Meh. A lot of broken stuff in the parks needs to get fixed. Yeah. I digress. Well, well, I, I hope at the very least that it wasn't done and it, but it's not as bad as we, I guess, or as, as it seems yeah. to be. I'll try and find out exactly how bad it is for next week. Stay tuned for mm. finding out how bad it is. <laughs> You're on Discast. <laughs> Um, but he seems like a really cool dude and I, he has a lot of interesting things to say about immersion and, um, creating experiences for guests. Seems like a lovely fellow. Really involved in animal kingdom. Yeah. Anyway. Well. Speaking of animals, you know what's an animal? A spider. And you know what's a famous kind of spider? The black widow. I did it. There you go. You did it. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Out of 10, how would you rate black widow? Um, compared to all the other Marvel movies not standing on its own. I mean, I'd probably give it like maybe a six or seven. Yeah, that's where I'm feeling. It, 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 it felt like kind of like a B level. Yeah. Solid mid-tier Marvel movie, yeah. but like it didn't really blow my face off. No. And I, and I feel like, I mean, cause I'm, I, I actually just started rewatching, uh, the Marvel films. I'm watching them in in timeline order. Oh yeah. So I started with Captain America: First Avenger, then I watched Captain Marvel, and then I went and then Iron Man's one, two, Incredible Hulk, and then Thor, and I just started 
the first Avengers. Wow. Uh, and watching watching these movies again, you could, it's I don't know. It's like like I liked Black Widow, and I do think that had it come out sooner. I think it would have been a bigger deal. Yeah. And it would have felt a little bit better. Like, I yeah. think it would have felt like it fit more. Less maybe. tacked on. Like, oh, shoot, we didn't give the girl a movie before we killed her to death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I think it would have been great if it went, like, Infinity War, Black Widow, then Endgame. I agree. Because I think then, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Although, maybe, well, maybe after Endgame, only because. You know, there's an after credit scene. And but like, I mean, it, 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 but they, you know, they chose to do it that way. It doesn't have to have the after credit scene that way. That's Cause true. Because it is, it's after Endgame now, and it's just like, oh, yeah, she's dead. Sorry, I, I hope that's not a spoiler. I hope you're not listening to Disney news expecting no spoilers. <laughs> um, but, um, Well, because yeah. like, here's the yeah. thing, is like, the film began develop in, development, or Lionsgate films began development of a Black Widow film back in uh, 2004. Uh, and then I guess it was just kind of put on hold because then the characters' film rights were then reverted back to Marvel Studio or reverted to Marvel Studios in June of 2006, and then that's when we started kind of getting into uh, the introduction of the MCU with Iron Man, right? And mm-hmm. then I think Iron Man was in 2008. I want to say isn't that weird? Something like that. I yeah. So. Oh my God. Anyway, yeah, I know, bonkers. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Black Widow kind of makes her big screen debut in Iron Man 2. That's the yes. first time we ever actually meet Natasha Romanoff. Loved her hair. It was very long and curly, and mm-hmm. it was very f- floofy, and it was Looks great. very nice. Yes. Uh, and then, yeah, and so work began late in 2017 uh, for the film. And then filming started taking place in October of 2019. Mm. So... Starts production on in in fall of 2019. It really should have come out in 2020. Yeah. Right. Because like, yeah. So it was originally supposed to come out in May of 2020, and then it was delayed three times. Mm-hmm. They say release release date was due to the COVID 19 pandemic. I'm calling bullshit. Yeah. Because if you have the movie, you know what? Give it a little more post production time. Fine. Because, like, I know that movies were struggling really, really hard with what they were going to do, right? Because you weren't having anything being released in theaters for, like, the first, like, six months of the pandemic. But then everyone started to be like, hey, you know what? We have these crazy streaming capabilities. Why don't we do that? And then Disney Plus announced its whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they started uh, started doing that. So it it really could have come out easily in the winter of 2020. Yeah, I agree. Right? Like, I would have given them the... I would have forgiven them for not releasing it in May of 2020 if they had done it by the end of 2020. Also, who knows what was going on behind the scenes? Who knows who was fighting whom on the content of that film? It's just... It's just really, really annoying because I feel like it could have done a lot better and I feel like it could have gotten a much more positive review, I guess. I mean, like, it's... Again, it's not that the film is bad. I like... I, I genuinely enjoyed the writing. I enjoyed the exploration of the character. I thought it was really nice to see this very, very grounded version yeah. of Black Widow. Wearing flats. Wearing flats. Yep. She had wedge boots up through... Wow. Here she comes now. <laughs> um, she had wedge boots up through, like, at least Civil War. So weird. I can't remember. I'm. Oh, I I'll... always watch. <laughs> 
Yeah, because of course it doesn't make sense for them to fight in in heels. Then wedge boots. It makes no it sense. Makes no sense. There's no way. There's no. no way. I've always like, I, wow. Now they're ch- now the cops are chasing her. I guess it's a lot of background <laughs> noise. Sorry. Um, I I don't know. I really want to enjoy Black Widow as a character more than I do. But there's a lot of like a lot of sexualizing her in the early films, and I'm just like, ooh. Can you hear my eye roll? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so I was much more excited about her in this movie. Yeah, and admittedly, like I think they did a pretty good job of, of balancing that out. Like I, agree. I like I liked that like you got to you were. You had her, and like she wasn't being super, yeah, hypersexual. When she's like wearing her little black cocktail dress, or like when she's like being flirty with someone to trick them, or whatever. I'm just like, ugh. Could you hear that eye roll? Ugh. That's just the friction of my eyeballs. That's not even my throat. That's just the friction <laughs> of my eyeballs thinking about it. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, li- I liked that. I liked that we got to see her kind of deal with a lot of her own stuff. I- I'm glad that we're a that we now see what the reference to Budapest was. Well, here's the thing. I didn't want that. But that's just me as a consumer. Is like, mm. I like using my imagination, but I understand it's a Marvel Cinematic Universe, so we're going to see what Budapest was. But it's the same problem I have with Solo, a Star Wars story. It's like, my imagination is yeah. better than that. Yeah, however, I feel like Solo, a Star Wars movie, was a movie that didn't need to be made. No, but that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole And other... I'm ready to spend a whole podcast talking about it. When we run out of animated movies, get ready, because I'm going to complain about Solo, a Star Wars story for one whole hour and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, we'll, we'll go, we'll, we'll get into like the, the, the freaking like branched oh, yeah. uh, Disney IP things like with <laughs> Marvel and Disney and, and totally. Star Wars and that'll be fun. Yeah. Speaking of branches, we should cover the last episode of Loki and the major revelation therein after this very quickly because we're running out of time because we've didn't had so much we? to talk about. We didn't talk about the finale. Did we not talk about the finale? I, oh shit. I don't didn't it did. only come out last week? Maybe oh my we God. Did, it, it, did we? I don't know. No, it came out last week. You're right. We did. We didn't talk about it, but we, we. Anyway, we Black Widow. It's yes. solid mid-tier Marvel movie. Um, I myself am getting a little worn out of the formula of Marvel movies. I know, like the acts are always the same with the fights being. Oh, that's super fair. That is yeah. super fair. And that's fine. It doesn't mean that it's not a successful thing. I'm not even complaining. The formula is the formula, but I am enjoying the TV series um, Loki and WandaVision more because it's just playing with the characters in a way that is new. Yeah. Like, the thing I really liked about Loki is that, about the, the the show, is that we ultimately got to the character of Loki that we know from the films, mm-hmm. but in a different way. Yeah. And I was happy to have explored it in that way. It was a far more emotional journey. Yeah. But we eventually got to, we eventually got there. Yeah. And I wanted a character study of Loki this whole time. Very of course. Happy. And there you go. You have it now. Yeah. It's Thank in you. six episodes. Oh, yeah? Is it only six episodes, Anwar? Get ready for spoilers and hold on to your butts because the whole big deal of the last episode of Loki, which we were told was only going to be a one-season series, mm-hmm. they said, Loki will return in season two. And thank God for my pants because they're going to be really dry till then. That's all. <laughs> You're right. Like I, I had the full expectation that Loki was going to be a single season, just like just like WandaVision, just like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But no. But now they heard yeah. me. They <laughs> heard me. Wishing. Specifically, you. They were like, "Freyloth wants a second season. Yep. We have to have a second season." Every night, I climbed onto my roof and screamed in the direction of California, "Give me more Tom Hiddleston!" And then they did. They did it. Carried on the wind. Indeed. Uh, yeah. I like. I. I'm. Excited because this is definitely the series that I think is going to be the most closely connected to the, the rest of Phase Four. Of 
Yes. Because, exactly. Because, like, for those of you who haven't watched the final episode of Loki, what the Sorry. hell have you been doing this last week? We're about to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, you, we have the reveal that uh, Kang, the Conqueror, as we know him... I mean, uh, he never named himself, but, like, that's no, totally who it is. No, but it's 100% who it was. Yeah. Um... Well, he references himself. He references, he references as, being like, a conqueror. conqueror, but it also could be a red herring. We don't know, but like pretty, like it's Kang the Conqueror. It's Kang. It's unless Kang. they're like, hey, like pull the rug out from under you. Surprise, we shut, we tricked you. But mm. surprise, it's not Kang. What actually is? Yeah. Um, yeah, of like him being the guy who's like behind everything, and his whole and like it turns out all the propaganda that the TVA was putting out about how there's a sacred timeline and mm. there was a war and now like. Aside from the fact that the timekeepers were just animatron or were just robots, like <laughs> animatronics, well, yeah, they were. Uh, everything else about that propaganda was actually true, mm-hmm. and I think that's the interesting thing: is that everything they were telling us from the beginning was actually true. Yeah. They didn't really lie technically. <laughs> they lied in the sense that that they had they were they were. The scapegoats were the timekeepers. Yeah. But everything else that happened, the multiple timelines, the war between the timelines, ultimately uh, Kang setting one single timeline, the sacred timeline, all of that actually happened. Yeah. While he did take away everyone's free will, he also was, in his mad, mad way, keeping everyone safe from worse versions of himself. But, like, happily... There's no way that this is going to end with the bad guys winning. We might have to wait several years, but we'll all get our free will back, and we won't have to worship Kang. Well, It'll I be don't fine. think. Well, I don't think it's that the free will never won't be going away. It's just that now there's just the potential for this multiversal war again, like he suggested. Because ultimately, he said he's like, no matter what, everything will come back here. Mm-hmm. I will. I will be at this point again all at right. the beginning and end of time. Yeah. This will all just happen again, right? And I feel like, and I feel like that's going to be the interesting thing to see is whether or not it does happen that way, or because Loki kind of knows, he kind of knows everything. He's officially, he's effectively kind of one of the most omnipotent beings now. Yeah. Right. The fact that he knows what can happen with everything, with the timeline and everything, and mm-hmm. like with Sylvie having killed him, uh, having killed Kang. You know, now you have the timeline branches. And then, like, there's people saying that, like, oh, like, at the end of WandaVision, when Wanda is, like, reading the, the Darkhold, when she hears her, her kids' voices. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. That when was she hears her kids' voices, wild. that's the branching of the timeline. Oh. Like, there's a theory that that's the moment when it happens. Because, like, there's a... The, the thing about Loki is that we're not sure exactly where it sits in the timeline. Yeah. Because of well, the it's fact, outside the time. Exactly, because the TVA doesn't... doesn't time passes yeah. differently in the TVA. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, on Disney+, Plus, they put every, they put all of, the, all of the movies and TV series and shows and everything neatly in a nice little timeline for you, right? So that's, that's how I'm following it. So like they have the thing where it's like all the movies are in order. And at the very end, after Endgame, it goes Loki, then WandaVision, then uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So... We know Loki takes place immediately during and after the events of Endgame. Mm-hmm. We know that. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the big question well, is... Well, it after the events of Endgame? Is it after the events of the Avengers? Uh, oh, you see, even there. Well, technically, after the events of uh, Avengers, you're right. It should... Ha- yeah, you're right. It takes place after the events of, event- of Avengers because yeah, they're back at the Battle the of New York. Because the Hulk takes the stairs. Because they're back at the Battle of New York. Mm-hmm. So technically, the whole series of Loki takes place during... Middle. 
during the course of the rest of the Marvel movies. Yeah. That's bonkers. I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot. That but like lot. it also it's like outside of time. So I think like if he was reset, it would just go back to then and they wouldn't let him take the Tesseract. Like it would go back to the part where at the beginning of the Loki series that they reset him, right? I guess. And well, they just wouldn't let him take the Tesseract and he'd get arrested, he'd go back to Asgard and then, and then the War Two would happen. And then yeah, and then the and then the timeline would just fix yeah. itself. Loki would go to jail and then his mom would die and then he would die and that was the normal timeline but he's not having it which no. is great because then the longer he lives the more likely I am to date him. Yes. Yeah. Yes because Loki is 100% a character that you can date. Listen. He's mythological and that stuff comes from somewhere and gods don't just die so he might be hanging out out there mm -hmm. waiting to date me. You don't know. You don't know what he's doing. You're right. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Anwar. Okay. I, 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 I won't step on your dreams. No. <laughs> I mean, if you if you happen to see him. If I if I see him, then I will let you know. Give him my number. I will. <laughs> and a phone. And a phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that note, we have 15 minutes till we have to go. We should talk about Return to Neverland. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Okay, so I genuinely enjoyed this movie. Okay, I enjoyed it with reservations. And the first reservation... Is that the songs sucked? That's my oh, only the songs are terrible. Problem. Songs are terrible. Songs are terrible. Terrible. Bottom line. Terrible. They're awful. Mm -hmm. The only good music in that movie is at the very beginning when there's an overture and it's basically just a copy of all the songs from yeah, the first. Yeah, it's one. like an overture that like combines everything, like in the style of an old style musical, but like oh, the rest of it. The rest of it is trash. Yeah, it doesn't fit in with the. It just it's incongruous. The songs are just not good. They're not good. <laughs> They're not good. But I do think it was a better written movie. Do you? I do, because I actually didn't hate this version of Peter. But that's, like, that's my problem with it. It's like, I agree I didn't hate this version of Peter, but the whole point of Peter Pan is that he is not willing or able to grow up and get perspective in order to treat people well. So that's funny to me. Okay. Um, the, but The fact that he kind of does in this one? Yeah. Because then wouldn't, like, him growing up in the context of the movie defeats the purpose of Peter Pan to me. I guess to a degree. I mean, like, it, okay. Because you're saying that, like, he kind of grows up in that he accepts the fact that uh, Jane wants to go home. He's, he's less of a selfish brat in this. He helps her. Yeah. Um... And he cares about Tinkerbell. And, like, yeah. the whole thing about Peter Pan, he doesn't care about anybody. Well, he cares about Tinkerbell. No, even in the doesn't. Well, even in the first one, he was concerned about her when she was, when she was, when she exploded. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. In the movie, he's like, do I know a fairy named Tinkerbell? She's probably stupid. Okay, let's go. Um, I've read the book more recently than I have uh, seen the movie, even though I saw it very recently. Obviously, I've been reading it all week. Yeah. Because um, I'm, I'm directing a show about Peter Pan. Um, I don't know, I just, I, that to me, the point of Peter Pan is that he seems awesome, but when you look close, he's not. And the point, like in this movie, it's Jane, uh, Wendy's daughter, basically yeah. gets kidnapped by Captain Hook and the pirates, which because opens a whole nother. Because he thinks it's Wendy. He thinks it's Wendy, which opens a whole nother can of worms uh, that I 
question how this all works. Anyway, she goes to Neverland and she's no nonsense because her um, father is away at World War II and he's like, be a big girl and take care of your mother kind of thing. Yeah. And she's a very no nonsense kid and the Lost Boys teach her to have fun. Well, and be well, a, yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's one of those situations where Jane feels like she needs to grow <clears> up <throat> fast because they're in yeah. the middle of a war and she needs to take care of her mother. She needs to take care of her brother. And so it's very, it's a very, like, this is, this is a trope that we've seen multiple times. It had, like, in almost every World War II movie where kids are involved, at some point this kind of thing happens. Yeah. Like, I'm even just flashing back right now Narnia. To, to Narnia. Yes, exactly. Literally Narnia. The mm-hmm. line that went into the wardrobe when, like, the eldest brother was like, I have to be, I have to take care of my Peter? siblings. Peter, yes. Yeah. Where Peter was like, I have to take care of my siblings because, you know, we're in a war and blah, blah, blah. We're being shipped off like, to the countryside. You're like 12. Stop it. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I think... I. I think the quote-unquote character arc of Jane was made sense, but was also expected. Yeah. Like, there wasn't I mean, I, any... I didn't think it was a very challenging movie. You could yeah. see how it was going to turn out. But, like, I liked that. I liked that Jane fought him. And, he's, and she's like, what's Tinkerbell's problem? Oh, she's jealous. Girls always get a, like that around me. And she's like, yeah, okay, yeah, buddy. Yeah. And I dig that. And I think it's cool for um, Peter to have had sort of a passive Wendy who wasn't ha- having a good time in the first one. And then this girl who's like, no, fuck you, bud. Yeah. Um, in this one, I just, I don't see... The tragedy of Peter Pan to me is that he cannot learn a lesson. Um, and that's fair, yeah. But like, I'm not yeah. saying the movie wasn't good. Like, I totally get what you're saying. It just seems, like, incongruous with the, the canon of what Peter Pan is supposed to be. Oh, uh, okay. So you're saying that in their in their attempt to, I guess, create a more enticing film, they they stemmed too far from the source material. Yeah, they retconned him into a they different person. They retconned yeah. Yeah, um, I, I see your point. But like, I still enjoyed it. I just that's just my point about it. Yeah, I'm curious um, what why they decided not to use the crocodile again. Why they decided to go with an octopus this time. That's so weird, right? It is so weird. weird. I, mean, like, I think it would be very just of Captain Hook to be like, "I'm gonna feed Wendy to the crocodile you fed my hand to." Bye. It's very weird. It's not. It does doesn't seem well thought out at all. It's just I don't I don't know. It's just it's just weird. Like that yeah. that particular choice. I was like, I mean, like it's cute having a having you know another animal trying to eat hook again. That whole thing is just funny to me. Poor put upon man. <laughs> but then I'm like, but yeah, why didn't just why not just the crocodile. keep the crocodile or mention the crocodile? Well, he mentions the Did crocodile. He? Remind me. I, he mentions him like uh, that he bested him in like somehow shoot him away i think he i know oh, he wow. mentioned i know he mentions okay it, i don't even remember that that's but it's a like, very good example of telling not showing my god yeah but it's probably just very very silly like how and why they did it and yeah, yeah it was definitely like one of those very things silly. um yeah, i don't know like don't know. Oh, it's a cute little movie it, it is a cute movie um i didn't i didn't hate it i admittedly i do think it's better than the original only because again i didn't hate this character of peter and i feel like your protagonist or at least your main hero should be somebody you should at the very least be sympathetic towards but like peter pan isn't the main hero wendy is 
Oh, that's the thing is, put it like that. you know, if, if you think about that, a protagonist has to change and have an arc and like, uh, forgive me, I'm not meaning to just like step on you here, but like if Wendy comes to Neverland thinking that her destiny should be to fall in love with a boy and take care of a boy and be uh-huh. like, she's stuck being the mother to the boy, but that's yeah. not what she wants. And she makes that quite clear. And at the end, she's like, no, I have to go home and I have to grow up and I have to be with my family and I have to finish my journey. And that's her character arc. And okay. Peter Pan is her antagonist to that well hook is peter pan's antagonist like it's wendy's journey right same thing as like you look at the rocky horror show like it's janet's journey like you 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 it's 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 which character changes i don't know why i thought rocky horror was a different <laughs> of all story. things um i've just been thinking about that recently but yeah that that's the thing is right okay. so like then this is jane's story in the same way it should mirror it but like and it's the same thing kind of in Hook. Like, the you know, the movie Hook with Robin Williams? Nah. It really bothers me when Wendy gets shafted so hard by Peter Pan and he's so mean to her. And then later on, he finds her daughter and is nice to her because he does that in the end of Hook as well. I think it's not... Yeah, he finds Moira in, in Hook. And he's well, like, in Hook, he comes back after... He comes back multiple times, but Wendy keeps getting older and older until finally... Yeah. But so he never, like, she's stays for her. No, never stays for Wendy, yeah. but he stays never for, stays for her. Stays and then he Jane. stays for Moira. For Moira. And then in this one, he's nice to Jane and helps her. And I just always feel like it's so sad for poor Wendy. And mm. um, I, I've never liked that aspect of the sequels because it just makes it, like, Wendy's awesome and she's so nice and she puts up with so much and she's so devoted to him. Um, it, it just makes me sad. But on that note, I also liked um, the way Hook dealt with Wendy seeing Peter again and and having this relationship with Peter better because in the end of of Return to Neverland Wendy mm-hmm. is very chill about seeing Peter again. Oh yeah. And I don't I feel like Peter is also a metaphor for first love and how destructive it is but how like encompassing and how you lose yourself in it. So for her to be super chill about it and for Tinkerbell to be super chill about seeing her and all this stuff is like a mm-hmm. little like it's let I think the, the problem I have with this movie is that it's less edgy than the first one. Like, I'm disregarding how racist the first one is just to look at the like the story itself. The first one is so racist that I wish it could be erased from the face of the earth and mm. redone to be less offensive. Um, but yeah, I just, this movie has no edge. That's fair. I see, I definitely see what you mean with yeah. that. But it, 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 feel, it feels know, like a safe movie. It's a very safe movie. Yeah, Not like, to play devil's advocate so yeah. hard. No, 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 no. And you make a very, a very valid point. Because, mm-hmm. like, even at the end, even when uh, Jane comes forward and, like, makes the plan with Hook and everything, and you see kind of like, oh, like, is she going to, like, betray Peter and everything? Mm-hmm. And then they have their old... And then they do their old song where to be a, to become a lost boy. Uh, and it's... And, and it's Awful. A terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible song. song. And then she becomes the first lost girl, which mm. I would argue technically Wendy was first the, the first lost girl. They didn't let her. They, they just motherified her. And yeah. she just kind of was like, well, this sucks. And then she leaves. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you're right. I do think that. I do think uh, it's it, it's a very safe movie. And again, mm. it's it's... It's marketed and targeted towards kids because that's what a lot of these posts are. VHS, it's just meant for a kid to watch on a loop at home. Yeah, that's what a lot of these uh, direct-to-TV and direct-to-video sequels were. They Mm -hmm. were just like to put on the Disney Channel Mm -hmm. and everything. as like Disney Channel premieres and stuff, right? Yep. Um, Now, in speaking at the the end, uh, when Wendy does see Peter, I... 
I understand why she's not shocked to see him because she never stopped believing in him. Yeah. And so to see him again, it was like, it was kind of one of those like, oh, like, you're back. I knew this was going to happen. It was just a matter of when yeah. kind of thing, right? And I also... Think, like, it could have been more profound for her because, like, if I saw my first love again, I I mean, I did see my first love, like, 10 years after I... And I all, and he had aged, and I almost lost my mind um, with just nostalgia and, and grief and, and just thinking about how my life had changed. And mm-hmm. I think it would be very interesting to see, to really think how would she feel about seeing him and knowing what she gave up to leave and all that, because she gave up getting to be immortal with him and maybe <laughs> from her perspective, maybe changing him and stuff. So that's all. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I will never know because they didn't write it that way, but no. I would have been interested. I think, I think this Wendy, however, is, happy with her choice mm-hmm. and happy with having and and became content with the idea of growing up because she you know she realized that and she began to just kind of because I think at, I think at that point she was already so accustomed to kind of just being motherly with her brothers mm-hmm. that she, she just kind of needed a bit of a push to finally realize oh yeah no this is what I need to do I need to grow up and so I think in that she accepted it and uh it became a part of her story and like her growing up finding a husband having the two kids and everything that was something that ultimately she had she had prepared for 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 so long and it was like yeah like just because i'm a mother now doesn't mean i can't not still have fun right so because you and you see that with her telling the stories to jane and 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 her brother you Mm -hmm. know even like right till the end she was still playing like she was still telling stories of captain hook and everything in the bunker in the middle of the london blitz totally right (laughs) i mean what else is there to do yeah and so like i feel like to a degree wendy yeah she grew up but at the same time i feel like she's still kind of held on to a little bit of that childish nature which is ultimately what i think is the purpose and kind mm. of the moral, quote-unquote, of Peter Pan as a whole, is to maintain that childish yeah. nature. But, I mean, on that note, you've just given me the idea, like, I would have loved to have seen, I guess, similar to the sequence at the end of Titanic, <laughs> some of the adventures Wendy had gone on that young Wendy wouldn't have done had she not met Peter Pan. Like, if she'd started riding horses or, like, I don't know, rock climbing or something, that would have been Oh, cool. you mean, like, in or as she, she was getting older. license. I don't know mm. if that's even possible in the 40s. Probably not, but like, hey. No, not in the 40s. Um, <laughs> when was Amelia Earhart, Amelia Earharding around? Anyway, um, I would have liked to see a little more. She seemed a very uh, passive character who had a beautiful imagination. And I would have oh, liked to, Peter to have changed her in that she decided I can be. To a, have some of those imagination, yeah. some of that imagination become external as opposed to yeah. purely internal. Yeah, because she wasn't allowed to do a lot of the things with the Lost Boys um, in the original movie. And it would have been sure. cool if her. Uh, what she took away from that was like, I can do it if I want to. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I, all of this is like, this art is making us think a lot and that's, means it's good art, I guess. Yeah. Art's meant to make you think. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Well, Well, I mean, I recommend watching it. I don't think it's not offensively bad. It's just a little safe. Yeah. And it is nice that they took, they just fully removed like all of the native aspects. Yes, you see a, a totem pole at one point. And that's you see it. them allude to it. Yeah, but they but 
that's you don't it. see any indigenous characters. No, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, because it should... probably left and went to somewhere better where <laughs> boy, little boys don't bother them all the time. Well, to be fair, they also bothered the lost boys just as equally. There was, there was actually, it's funny because like in the last episode, CJ and I spoke about this about how there was like an, uh, there was like a uh, kind of almost like an unspoken brotherhood between the indigenous of of Neverland and the Lost Boys. Yeah. It's a game where they kidnapped each other yeah, and set them loose. Yeah, because they say it. It's just like, sometimes we turn them loose, sometimes they turn us loose. It's just a game that we play. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, that was kind of one of the things that he and I agreed upon was a very positive aspect of the rep- form of representation was that there was That's like... Fair. Yeah, you have the you have the natives on Neverland and then you have, effectively, the colonizers. And you have this mutual understanding of, like, they're both part of the land, they both respect the land, and they both respect each other. Yeah. Right? I think the only weird thing about it is that they're on a reservation. Like, they're not, they don't live through the whole island. But I guess that also makes sense. I guess they just want to, like, have their own area. I don't know. That's weird. Well, we I'm... assume we assume that they that they don't explore the island. I mean, I would think... No, I think they explore the island. I'm just saying they don't live throughout it. They live in their area where they live. Right? There's no... The, the, it's yes, on the map. The, there, is only, there is only the one village, but I think that's only because like the size of the of the, of the island is just not big enough to warrant multiple villages. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, so uh, yeah. all in all, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd recommend it. I wouldn't say no to watching this movie. It's not like I... It, it's not like I hated it as much as I hated, like, Cinderella 2, <laughs> which was garbage. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't hate it at all. I, I found it pleasant. It's yeah. just like I say, it wasn't a risky film. And yeah. I enjoy I enjoy a lot of those early Disney films because they're riskier than I remember them being. Yeah, for sure. Time. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Peter Pan in the first one's a freaking sociopath. I love it. <laughs> He's fucking bonkers. Yeah. And quite frankly, a dick. And it is well known that I am not a fan of his. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I know I'd fly away to Neverland with a dick like that because, like, that's just the kind of person thing I do. <laughs> but um, I don't recommend it. No, it's probably not good. Uh, well, that's our, I guess as good of a review as, yeah. as any of this movie. Check it out. Watch Black Widow if you want. I, I myself wouldn't pay 35 bucks again to watch it. I'm not I'm not mad that I paid for it. Yeah, I'm not mad about it, but like, you know, if you can wait or find it somewhere else, like, I would if you Yeah, it. if you can wait to see, if you can, if you want to see it in the theater, do that. I think it would look good in the theater because oh, it's yeah. kind of meant to oh, be that like big, Love that white outfit. Thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that white outfit was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in Disneyland now. It is in Disneyland now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you don't want to go into the theater and if you want to wait at home, then it's fine to wait for yeah. it. Like, it's, I, it's, it shouldn't be something you're itching to, like, you don't need to no. pay 35 bucks for it. No. It's good, but like, I'd wait unless you love Black Widow that much. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, yeah. what's next? Well, next week we are hopping into Lady in the Tramp. <gasps> Lady in the Tramp. So yeah. So that'll be, that'll be very fun. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down to take a look at that. And she'd uh, eat spaghetti through the whole podcast. Everyone I'm, will love it. I'm trying to remember. Lady and the Tramp is based off of something, and I can't remember. I think it's based off a book. I'll have to look it up. Is it a book? I think it's a. I think it is wow. a book, but I think it's also meant to like allude, like be an al- allusion to something. Yeah. Let's find I out. I can't remember. We'll tell you all about it next week. Yeah, when we watch Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. And that'll be very fun and cute, and we love puppies, so that's and just great. We'll deconstruct some problematic cats. Oh, the cats. Good day. <laughs>
All right, everyone, have a have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. We will see you all next time. Catch us on the socials and all that jazz. Uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at cast underscore diz, facebook.com slash discast. And talk to us. Let us know what you think. See you real soon. Bye. Bye.